You are Locked On MLB, your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're the number one local sports daily podcast network, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan, comedian, TV producer. Please call me Sully. Today is the 10th day of September, 2019. We are going to have a special guest, or three guests, the hosts of the Resting Pitch Face podcast, where we're going to be talking a little bit about Washington Nationals baseball going forward to that dreadful month for them, which is always October. And I also have a few thoughts about, oh, let's call it the unusual shuffling that took place in the Boston Red Sox front office. Before we get to that, I want to tell you that this podcast is available on the Himalaya Podcasting app. We're also available on Google, Apple, any place where you get your podcasts, we're there. Also, if you want to get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Lockdown MLB, or check out some of the other great shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it really is your team every day. Check out Lockdown Fantasy Football for all the best advice to have your team win your league. And isn't that the whole point of it? You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown MLB. Same handle for Instagram. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball on Instagram. You know, I posted yesterday's podcast where I did a recap of the weekend's games, and then I you know, it was all ready to go. I went to see the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. By the time I got back in my car, I saw that Dombrowski was fired by the Red Sox. And I just, I couldn't re-record the podcast. There was not enough time for me to re-record the podcast. So I want to address it right now. Because there's not a lot of reasons to talk about the Red Sox for the rest of this season. Okay? Because they're not going to repeat. But there's something you have to understand about the Red Sox that makes this firing of Dombrowski 10 months after the Red Sox clinched a World Series title with him as the general manager. It makes sense if you take two steps back and you see what this ownership has been like for Boston. Now, the Red Sox make you think they are a sentimental organization tugging at the heartstrings. Hell, having Big Poppy throw out the first pitch, the first time after being shot, having him come out and throw out the first pitch tonight in the game against the Yankees, that's pulling at the heartstrings. This is RFN City. They play in the romantic ballpark that is Fenway. They play in the old-time uniforms or the old-town team. Oh, those generations and everything. You think they're a sentimental organization, but they are not at all. They have all the sentimentality of Michael Corleone at the baptism. They are ruthless. They are cold-hearted. And they have one thing on their mind, which is what is going to get us success as quickly as possible. And we do not care what sentiment you have for the individual people. We're moving forward. Let other teams be sentimental. And it makes a ton of sense when you look at what has happened since the Henry organization moved from the Marlins to the Red Sox after the 2001 season and finally the dreadful Yawkey family let go of control of the team. They took control in 2002. They made the playoffs in 2003, 2004, 
2005. They missed the playoffs in 2006. They made it back in 2007, 2008, 2009. Then they went on their longest drought, which was 2010, 11, and 12. And then 2013, we all know what happened there. Missed the playoffs in 14 and 15. Back to the playoffs in 16, 17, and 18. Going to miss the playoffs this year. They are constantly in a position where they make the playoffs, take a couple of steps back, and they get back into it. There is no long droughts of October in Boston. You'll also note that there is also not a big gap now between World Series titles. The Yawkey family had it for generations, couldn't win it once. This ownership won it in their third year. And you saw 04, 07, 13, 18. Basically, the Red Sox are a team that are going to make the postseason seven times each decade and have a legit shot to win the World Series a couple of those years. That's the kind of franchise they are right now. And in order to be that way, you cannot be sentimental. And you look at some of the moves that they did right out of the gate. Get Grady Little out of there. We need a new manager in here. At that very moment down the stretch, Nomar Garcia-Para, folk hero in Boston, but was not going to help the team win that particular World Series, trade him. They finally win the World Series. Pedro Martinez is one of the most beloved figures in Red Sox history. Don't resign him. Don't resign Johnny Damon, the face of that franchise. Don't resign Kevin Millar, the heart and soul of the comeback. And then you put together a brand new team that wins. And the minute those players are no longer usable and no longer uh, worthwhile, buy. Get out of here. Get out of here, Becky. Get out of here, Papabon. Get out of here, Euclid. And they put together a new team. Oh, my God, this team's Boston strong. Get them all out of here. And it goes for the front office. Theo Epstein, Sherrington, now Dombrowski. And there's always a sense when the moment of non-loyalty that the Red Sox give constantly, the moment it happens, they're like, oh, they're cold-hearted. Is there's they're nothing good enough? Didn't they just win? And it's all forgotten in a few years. The uproar of Terry Francona being let go at the end of the 2011 season was completely forgotten when they had a duck boat parade in 2013. Not signing Pedro allowed them to bring in Josh Beckett. Not bringing back Johnny Damon allowed them to develop Jacoby Ellsbury. Not re-signing Ellsbury allowed them to have the outfield of Ben Attendee, Bradley, and Betts. You see what happens? The names of the four World Series championships constantly evolve, whether it's in the dugout, the front office, or on the field. But the laundry remains the same. The uniform remains the same. That's the Red Sox way. There is no sentimentality. And they looked at Dombrowski and they looked at the situation. They brought him in to deliver a championship. He did. He did his job. And now they're like, hmm, we have this price contract, this sale contract, and we have a kind of a barren farm system right now. Is Dombrowski the person to get us to that point? No. So let's get him out and put in the right people to do it. And I guarantee you, the Red Sox aren't making the postseason this year, and they're probably not making it next year. But 
by 2021, they're going to be a pennant contender and all this will be forgotten. There is no sentimentality anymore with the Boston Red Sox. That's gone. And Red Sox fans, like myself, should rejoice because they're constantly trying to put a new champion on the field instead of reveling in the championships of the past, even the recent past. This is the last time I'm talking about the Red Sox in this regular season because there's nothing left to talk about. But I'll tell you what, there is something to talk about, and that's Postmates. Because anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the United States and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery, and convenience stores of traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days to start your free deliveries. Download the app and use the code LOCKEDON. All right, I know my mom is listening to this, so mom, just do me a favor and skip ahead a little bit. That'd be great. Thanks. All right, everybody else, let's talk about sex. Good, ready-to-go sex. Now, you can increase your performance and build up your confidence. Everyone but my mom, listen up. I'm talking about BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra Cialis, so you know they work. Take them anytime, day or night, on a full stomach, while stuck in traffic after a Dodger game. I don't judge. They're chewable, and they work twice as fast as the pill, so you know you'll be ready quicker than a manager can make a pitching change. Now, everyone I know has tested it, and I have many trustworthy friends who confide with me very personal details. They all tell me it gives them a little extra, and it works great. Now, we baseball fans, we know all about getting a little edge with performance enhancers. And this is just isn't for people who can't perform. This is for anyone who wants uh, something a little extra. Look, Blue Chew is prescribed online, ships to your door, discreet package, no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, no awkwardness. In fact, the only awkwardness involved in Blue Chew is knowing that my mom is probably still listening. Made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. All of that just by going to BlueChew.com, promo code MLB. Once again, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code MLB. Try it for free. BlueChew, the better Cheaper and faster choice. Thank you for sponsoring the Locked On MLB podcast. So we are talking Washington Nationals today, and I can't think of any group of people more qualified to talk about the Washington Nationals than the hosts of one of my favorite podcasts, not just baseball podcasts, but podcasts, period, Resting Pitch Face. We have Kay. Laura and Sid, all here. Thanks for joining Locked On MLB. Hi, thanks for having us. That's right. You are the, in terms of the podcasting world, you are the authorities of (laughs) all Washington national things. Uh, I'll take it. Do you mind having that title? Uh, I don't don't think we'll mind. There are a few other Nats podcasts that are also excellent. I'm just going to throw out there. Let's just be open here. The Nationals are about to start a... Big series with another contender, the Minnesota Twins. 
let's talk about the current state of the Nationals coming off of a uh, weekend series against the Braves, who are probably going to win the division. The Nats won the final game of that series, breaking the Braves' winning streak. What are your thoughts on the state of the 2019 Washington Nationals moving forward into that dangerous month of their legacy, October? <laughs> I, I don't think any of us thought we were going to be where we are now. Yes. I mean, I think when we, you know, thinking about episodes we were recording in April and early May, we kind of went, well, you know, we just hope everyone has fun. We hope the season, you know, has some good moments, etc. We got to reconcile ourselves to the fact that we are not going to be, you know, talking about the postseason, etc. I personally, like, put on sackcloth and ashes and was like, Anthony Rendon's going to leave me. But yeah, I don't think any of us envisioned at all that uh, that we were going to be here, going to be like frantically checking the Diamondbacks score to see where they were compared to us in the wildcard standings. I actually I've never thought this much about the Diamondbacks before in my life. Rewinding the clock back to Thursday, May 23rd of this year, the Nationals were tied in the lost column with the Marlins. They were playing sub-400 ball, the second-worst team in the National League. And I was, on this podcast, screaming for the firing of manager Dave Martinez. You would not have been alone. (laughs) The only team that's been better than the Nationals in the National League has been the Atlanta Braves. And they've been uh, 60-32. and in that time since then, and the Braves have been 61 and 32. So they've been tied in the loss column with Atlanta for the best record in the National League since that time. What happened? Gerardo Parra? <laughs> I, I mean, yes. Gerardo Parra uh, brought a lot of energy and made us go kind of overnight from, why did we get this guy to, oh, right, that's why we got this guy. I also, I, I have long maintained that we, the team, we, the team, stopped caring, which sounds bad, but also just sort of stopped putting them putting themselves under the pressure and just leaned into the fun of it. And then things kind of slid together and worked out. I also want to note that Atlanta only has a better record than the Nats after this weekend. Leading up to this weekend, we had a better record since May 24th. And in fact, um, like they made a t-shirt that said the Nationals no longer have the best record since May 24th, which I have to say is one of the silliest t-shirts I've ever seen. If you want to wear it on a t-shirt that we were better than you that entire time span, and you're petty enough to care that you're now doing better by one game in that time span, and you want to spend money on that, I'm not going to stop you. It's just an incredibly specific shirt. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like that's a shirt that's you're like, I have a lot of questions. that, And they'll be like, that are answered by what is displayed on my t-shirt. It's not a banner that you would raise. Like, you know, best record since May 23rd, between May 23rd and August 18th or something like that. Except that that's the banner that the Nationals promos have been raising for the last two that's months. True. So that's where the Braves fans got it. And I can't blame them for that. But come on, we were doing so unbelievably badly before May 24th. And then all of a sudden we weren't. 
But yeah, I think the existential burden of having to do well was somehow lifted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like people came back from injury. That was pretty key. Um, but it felt like there was a, I don't know, maybe they got them counseling or therapy dogs or exorcism. Like an ex, yeah, an exorcism. Somebody cut the head off a rubber chicken again, and again, li- it didn't yeah. work the last six times. <laughs> I, I want to just bring up the idea. At the beginning of the year, I picked Anthony Rendon to be the NL MVP. He was my pick. Sully, you and I are like this. I do believe it's going to come down to Bellinger and Yelich, and they're both having wonderful seasons, to be sure. Rendon has justified my pick. He is having a superlative season right now and mixed with Juan Soto he's having uh, a spectacular season and he can't legally drink I don't think no uh October actually the week of the world series okay so he could have some of the world series champagne (laughs) somebody arrange it so we can pour world series champagne into Juan Soto's mouth please I mean if there's ever a reason to win a world series that's the one (laughs) and this is a classic example of the superstar leaving and the team doing better with Harper off to I don't know if you read this, but Harper signed with Philadelphia. Oh, that's yeah. where he is? And, um, and somehow the Nats look like they're in much better shape than Philadelphia at this point. Uh, yeah, well, We no longer have to keep putting someone in the lineup that's hitting 220 and pretending to be happy about it. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Laura. Wow. <laughs> um, Juan Soto leads Bryce Harper in almost every offensive stat except for strikeouts. Shots are required. That's okay. Bryce can keep that one. Yeah, but, I, I don't want to give too much to, like, Bryce left and then we got better, or Bryce was here and that was the defining factor. Like, it really was never about Bruce, like... Except to him. Except to him. But, like, I don't I don't think Victor Robles and Juan Soto care right. that he's gone. I feel like we're all that Mariah Carey gif of just, like, shaking our hair out and putting on our sunglasses and going, I don't know her. <laughs> Like, that's kind of how I feel about him. And, mm-hmm. like, Steven Strasburg, I think, actually at one point said, like, oh, Bryce talks a lot. Damn. Yeah. Which, if Strauss is, is throwing shade at you, you, you have a problem in your well, world. Strauss, that blabbermouth. Yeah. I mean, I think he, th- he thinks of anyone who says more than three words as, as talking a lot, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, it feels very, it feels very, very, very different, and I, I don't know, when... Bryce was his first couple games with the Phillies. They were showing he had like a specialized handshake with with each team member, and I feel like the Nationals were like, "Yeah, but have you twerked recently?" Put that on a T-shirt. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and the team getting looser was huge. There were also some changes to the bullpen, some of which stuck, some of which immediately went on the IL and were never seen again until this weekend. And then Anibal Sanchez getting his act together was a huge change because he was just a black hole of despair, right. his first handful of starts. And, you know, I never really watched him when he pitched in the AL. I didn't have a great sense of what he could do if he got back to form. And I was ready to give up on the guy. I was like, who is this? And why is he sticking up the giant? And then he totally made my eat my words. And I really think that was a huge change because having that starting spot go from basically a guaranteed loss to a really solid starter, that was a massive change. And it made it a heck of a lot easier for the bullpen yeah. too. And I, I don't know how many sort of outside nationals baseball have talked about this. So the major change that came in kind of 
May was that they fired uh, Lilliquist, who was the pitching coach, mm-hmm. and promoted um, Paul Menhart, who was you know within the Nationals minor league system as a as a coach and manager for a long time. And so a lot of the players who are, you know, in the bullpen or who are like quad A players know him. Um, and that seems to have really have had a substantive change on team performance. Um, and I don't know if that's talked about beyond sort of the the national sphere as being the, one of the underlying causes of, of this shift. Do you know who that really sucks for? Derek Lilliquist looking for a new job. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a tote bag that's signed by Derek Lilliquist, Davey <laughs> Martinez, and Michael A. Taylor. And I was like, the tote bag is cursed. <laughs> like, but that's like the, the quilt that Madame Lafarge was <laughs> was making in A Tale of Two Cities. Oh, my God. I knitted them oh, in no. for the guillotine. Um, but, yeah. God bless you for getting that reference. And if anyone <laughs> oh, no. else got that reference listening to this podcast. No, I'm dropping Dick. Dickens references on you, okay? It was the best of times and the worst of times. That's it this season. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's an accurate summation. <laughs> yeah, it was the age of reason and foolishness. Um, oh, man. We're, we're, we're talking guillotines and the Washington Nationals. Speaking of uh, having your heads chopped off and that sense of despair in front of a mob, the Nationals bullpen... Uh, <laughs> Oh, bless you. (laughs) How did I know we were going there? What are they going to do about this going into hopefully a October run longer than one game? I hear Erica Scherzer has an excellent knuckleball. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, Ayami Sato. uh, Can we sign her? (laughs) It's actually past past September 1, so I don't think she'd be eligible for the postseason. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah, we missed our we missed our window. Um, so Trevor Rosenthal wasn't the savior, is what you're saying? <laughs> Shockingly, um, no. Is Jeremy Hellickson still on the team? I'm trying to think of people. Who, he is. Yeah, he actually he just came back. Yeah, he just came back from the IL, and they've had him sort of theoretically going to do long relief. Yeah, I mean, is there a starter that you could throw in, kind of like the Red Sox did with Evaldi when he kind of became their bullpen ace last October? I mean, you kind of have to be, I, you have to be creative at this point. I think the problem with the Nationals at the moment is that we're going the opposite direction is that the few potential starters are getting thrown into the bullpen and then getting kind of ruined by being in the bullpen as opposed to helping the bullpen out. Right. We should not be throwing any more potential starters in the bullpen. Well, and we're short on starters anyway. I mean, that's a, that's the other side of it. Like are we at this point? I mean, we have like we have four good starters, and we have three or four half a starter. Okay, show your math. So <laughs> we have Scherzer, Strauss, and Corbin, Still. and Sanchez. And is, is can Scherzer and, go deep now? I, mean, I know he was he's been injured recently. I mean, how how deep you know how deep is your love with uh, Scherzer? So today, today being Sunday, made me feel like he's going to be okay within the next week or so to go deep again because he had it today. He got his pitch count up over a hundred. He went deep into today's game for the first time since coming back. And obviously how he feels tomorrow and how he does in his next start will cement that. But I was extremely reassured by what he did today in that regard. And it should say something about his quality as a 
pitcher that he did his rehab starts against major league teams. Yeah. Yeah. Like they they rehab started him against the Marlins and the Orioles. Okay, well, um, but, uh, are those major league teams? Yeah, I was about to I, say. I mean, okay, technically they're major league teams. They're triple and a half A. Right. <laughs> we lost a game to the Orioles, guy. Okay, but we always lose at least a game to the Orioles. No matter what the overall team record is, we always lose something to the Orioles. Our souls. A little piece of ourselves. We got money from them this time. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Finally. So, I'll take that for one game. Give us $300 million. So, we have Laura, Kay, and Sid. Tell us where we can find your wonderful podcast. Number one way to find us is our website, which is just restingpitchface.com. Um, we're also on Twitter, Resting Pitchface with no G. Those are the top two ways, and we're on multiple podcast streaming services, uh, Apple Podcasts and Google Play are the big two, SoundCloud, all under the aegis of Resting Great. Pitchface. Well, go check them out. It's a terrific podcast. I honestly don't remember how I discovered you all, but I, I don't think I've missed an episode since. <laughs> so I think it's uh, really one of the best and funniest podcasts about baseball you're going to find. And I think one of the funniest podcasts, period, that you're going to find. So I love listening to you all, and I hope some of the fans here of Locked On MLB become fans of yours. So check them out at Resting Pitch Face wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on the free and easy-to-use Himalaya podcasting app. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnMLB. Same handle for Instagram. You can follow me, your pal Sully, at Twitter, at Sully Baseball. On Instagram, I'm at Sully Baseball Podcast, because someone already took Sully Baseball. This has been the Locked On MLB Amazing Crossover with Resting Pitch Face. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. What can people call me? Sully? Damn right. Sully. Yeah, that'd be a good. Yeah, you can try Sully. Sully. That could work. <laughs>